I remember as a young boy hearing that precious elderly lady sing that song to me hundreds of times. I remember hearing her pray for me. I remember because I was told when the doctors walked into my little hospital room and they told my parents, come in and say goodbye. He's not going to make it through the night. That same little elderly lady prayed a prayer. God, if you'll heal my grandson, he'll do whatever you want him to do. And you can look at me today and maybe or maybe I'm not healed. I don't know. It's your opinion. But it was moments of legacy in my life that started from a little mammal, is what we called her. It started from mammal who instilled in us, no one will ever care for you like Jesus. See, Mamaw was feisty until her dying day. In fact, before Jesus stepped into her life, Mamaw was mean. And she went to be the, with the Lord several years ago, or I couldn't say that, or she would snatch me from wherever she's at right now. Mamaw was mean. But it was one invitation to a revival service at a church called the Assembly of God Tabernacle in Decatur, Georgia, many, many years ago. And Mamaw drug her husband, who she could barely get off the golf course, and her five kids to that revival service there in Atlanta because Mamaw was struggling and she knew I've got these, I've got these, these kids and, 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 and she was, uh, uh, you know, she, she was uh, addicted to, to several, you know, things and, 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 and it, was, it was just a, a tough situation, she said, but if I can just have an encounter with Jesus, maybe things will change. And for Mamaw, she along with her entire family, knelt at an altar those many years ago and committed their life to Jesus Christ in a legacy moment. In a moment where they encountered the power of God in such a way where they said, I never want to go back again. I never want to turn my back on what God is doing in my life. See, it didn't, st it didn't stop there with Martha. It didn't stop there with Mamaw. She raised those children. My Uncle Ron would commit his life, he and his wife and his three children's to, children, to almost 50 years of ministry in China, Thailand, Vietnam, Laos, and Hong Kong. They would raise their three children there where we were as a family super close, but I only got to see my cousins every four years because they were off working and doing what God had called them to do in communist countries. But it didn't start with, stop with, with Martha or, or Ron. I, I, I'm reminded of the heroes, the ones that I put up on the screen. Those were heroes that helped form my, my legacy moments. Heroes like my cousin Jeff and Ed, who were pastors and evangelists. 
my sister Rhonda, who's a worship leader in Atlanta, my little sister Carrie, who with her family after serving 12 years in China are now serving in Vienna, Austria, reaching thousands of internationals there in a post-Christian Europe. You see, I'm reminded of my cousins Sam and Wendy and Matthew. Those same three kids who could have been bitter because they grew up in Thailand. They could have been bitter because they weren't able to to have all the things that their friends had in the States. They could have been angry because they spent part of their life in China. But those three children have now families of their own and each and every one of them are serving the Lord on the foreign mission field. Why? Because the legacy moment that changed a little mean grandma also changed the life, the calling, the destiny of generations to come. Today I want to talk to you, and I'm only talking to you about these legacy moments that started for me with my grandmother. But I want to talk to you about that because... Your kids, your students, these students, some of you, you, your grandkids, we took 31 uh, students and leaders to a place where I could tell you if I could bring each and every student on the stage where maybe last week they would be too afraid to say what God was doing in their life. If I brought them each up today, they could tell you about a moment this weekend where God gripped their heart and said, you're never going to be the same again. You can say, well, Jason, that's all hype and that's all emotion. But I want to say this one thing that they have found, one thing that I have found is that no one ever cared for me like Jesus. To the point where I could say, you know what? I will abandon everything that I have for the glory of God. Listen, I am so thankful for my wife who who has went back and forth and back and forth across this country following the call of God on both of our lives. But I want to talk about those legacy moments and I want you to think back to those moments where God gripped your heart and where God said you're never going to be the same again. What does a legacy moment mean? Arthur Tim Abair says this, there are moments in your life, these legacy moments are moments in your life that undoubtedly change us. Nothing is ever going to be the same, of, uh, same again, nor do we want to go back to status quo. Our students had a legacy moment. Our students had a moment that is not only going to bring change to them, but it's going to be, be, bring change to TR High School and the middle school and Eastside High School where my daughters attend. It's going to bring change to Pickens High School. This is an inside joke, but I'm going to let you in on it. It's going to bring change to wherever Chris goes to high school because I can never remember. <laughs> He's like, not again. But even though I can't remember where it is, listen, God's put a call on that young man's life to be a voice of hope to a hopeless, helpless generation. 
And I want to tell you, the legacy moments, we can build on them. It's not just one. It's not just one time to say, okay, well, I've given my heart to the Lord. That's all good. No, now what's next? What's next? Listen, the disciples with Jesus had many legacy moments. Some of them were very good and positive, and some of them were not so positive. I mean, we remember Peter, he said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, you are correct. And on that statement, we're going to build the kingdom of God. And then Jesus says, now I've got to go to the cross. And Peter said, may it never be. And then Jesus said, here's a legacy moment, pal. Get thee behind me, Satan. Listen, sometimes our legacy moments bring change out of sheer joy and peace. And sometimes it's things that we have to learn and struggle and go through. But what was your legacy moment? I want to quickly turn to Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20. We're going to look at one legacy moment for the disciples. It says this, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Who is the me? Jesus, yeah. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. See, here's the legacy moment for the disciples. Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. But then he said, here's the legacy, pal. Pal? I've never used that word in my life. Pal. Here's the legacy. <laughs> what? All authority's, been, all authority's been given to me, but I give it now to you. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The legacy moment was not just another teaching from Jesus. The legacy moment was, as I have done, now you go and do. Listen, when you have that legacy moment, there are three joys that come from your moments of legacy. There's three joys that come from those legacy moments. The first one is this one, and I don't know if you can tell, but this is one of my favorite ones right here. Here's the first uh, joy of a legacy moment. Excitement! Listen, it's okay to get excited when Jesus changes your life. Right? It's okay when you say, I what can you imagine? I once was blind, but now I see. That's pretty good. Look at those leaves. Green and blue. And, I mean, come on. I once was blind, but now I see. It's okay to be excited. Jesus has changed my life. So when you have that a, 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 a legacy moment, look, it says in the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. 
but you will receive power. Man, I love that part. It doesn't say, but you will receive mediocre happiness and joy from the Lord. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses, this is important, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the other uttermost parts of the earth. You will receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That's where you are. Judea, that's a little bit outside your neighborhood. Samaria, those are the places you do not want to go. I don't even know, Lord, I don't even know if I want them to come to you. That's like Jonah. I'm not going to go to Nineveh because then you'll save them all. And I don't like them. And he said you'll have power to be witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the other most parts of the world. Parents, I want to talk to you for a moment. I'm a parent. I've got two teenage daughters. I'm a girl dad. Mom and dad, your Jerusalem is your living room. I'm, I'm going to say it again. Moms and dads, your Jerusalem is your living room. It's your kid's bedroom when you pray over them at night. Your Jerusalem is you're packing their lunch for school and you're writing them notes saying, man, the Lord has called you to do great things. I believe in you. I love you. The Lord is, is for you. You have his favor. Your Jerusalem is your kids. Now I'm going to be honest with you. You've got to get your kids to church. There should never be an option Listen, my kids love the Lord, and, but there's moments at 6 a.m. on Sunday. They have to wake up earlier on Sunday to get to church to do everything that they do earlier than they have to go to school. So I'm like, don't tell. I mean, there's been days I've opened the door. Hey, time to get up for church. Not today. Not today. I used to say that sometimes. Mom, Dad. I learned not to say this anymore. Mom, Dad, I don't feel good. Come on, if you've been raised in church, what's mom and dad say? You'll get healed at church. <laughs> You'll get healed at church. Listen, I was a kid who was dragged to church every single time the door was open. Listen, your kids might say, I don't really get anything out of it. I don't care. Uh, I don't really want to go. I don't care. I don't really like the pastor. Makes no difference to me. I don't want to go. Listen, your kids also do not want to brush their teeth or shower. I mean, when's the last time you're like, okay. Oh, little Timmy, a little Joey, he hadn't brushed his teeth in six months. He just doesn't get much out of it. I mean, that's ludicrous. So, I mean, listen, the reason I know some kids don't want to shower and brush their teeth is because I'm a youth pastor. And this weekend, I'm going to be honest, we had 11 incredible leaders that went with us. I didn't even, I don't even think I walked into the kids' room because they were all in their rooms. But I could, I could sense 
an aroma coming down the hall. And here I've got, I've got a blessing. The greatest thing for me about COVID was I got it like when it first came out, first edition, you know. And I haven't been able to smell for two years. Nothing. And I walk past those boys' room, I'm like, oh, Listen, get your kids to church because they may be like me. Listen, I didn't mind going to church. All my good friends were at church. And I literally would be at church praying for revival. The reason why is because if we had revival at the church, at our church, it meant you're going to have church every day of the week. And so I'd see all my good friends and some of the, the girls that are pretty, you know, I'd see them every day. And so I was at church for the wrong reason. I was at church doing what I wanted to do. I was in church wondering who won the football game until one day God reached down his hand and said, now, Jason, you're never going to be the same. Get them in the presence of God. I'm sorry, I'm excited. Get them in the presence of God and let him do his work. It was unbelievable as I was driving home yesterday, one of the students... He's a quiet, quiet kid. And he looked at me and he said, I'm so glad I came this weekend. You know, I almost talked myself out of it. He said, but if I did, I would not have got closer to Jesus and I wouldn't have got closer to a group of students who were going the same direction that I'm going. Mom and Dad, if you don't hear anything else, that I say the rest of the service, get your kids in church and let the Holy Spirit draw them. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says this, If you train up a child in the way they should go, even when he or she is old, they will not depart from it. That doesn't mean they're not going to stray away. That doesn't mean they, not, they might not make bad decisions. I mean, some of our students made bad decisions this weekend. Some of the things they ate was ridiculous. That doesn't mean they're not going to even stray away from the Lord, but when they are old, you know what? That grip on their heart that started when they were just a child because you had them in church, it's going to say, let me lead you home. Let me bring you home. They may stray away, but they'll come home. So the first joy that we get is excitement. I have one more, just one more thing. It's okay to be excited to worship the Lord. It's all right. You know, I've heard people say, well, it's personal to me, my relationship with the Lord. Well, the Lord didn't ask you for it to be personal. He said, I'm giving you power to go reach the world. And then some people will say, well, I don't want to lift my hands. I don't want to shout. I don't want to draw all attention to you or, or to me. Listen, if you're focused on Jesus, I don't care who's looking at you. You're not going to know. I'm going to lift my hands and lift my voice with, all my, with, with everything that I have. Why? Because it's okay to have some excitement. From time to time, when you experience a legacy moment, second, it's okay, or excuse me, second, with it, when you uh, have a legacy moment, you're going to gain experience. What are you going to gain experience doing? You're going to gain experience in answer, answering the call of the Lord and responding to it. You're going to gain experience preaching the gospel and winning the lost. 
You're going to gain experience, experience parents raising your children to not only love Christ, but to make him known. Listen, when you have that legacy moment that grips you and causes you to never be the same and never settle for status quo again, you gain the experience of saying, Lord, you have been faithful to me. If I could have my little old uh, old mamaw, mean mamaw, sitting here on the stage, she would have told. She could tell some stories of the experience she had that wasn't positive. Experience uh, she had that that was you know sometimes it was uh, uh, not always uh, perfect. But she could tell you the experience she had. She never was left without the Lord's provision. She was never left without uh, the Lord's blessing, without the Lord's calling, without the Lord's uh, anointing. Her legacy moment helped her to raise five incredible children. And even when her husband, my granddad, who I never had the opportunity to meet, passed away when Mamaw was I think she was only 41 or 42 years old. And he was 51. Even after losing her husband, she said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. She said, I've never, no one's ever cared for me like Jesus. Parents, I want you to know it's worth it. It's worth it if you can get your kids here. Get them to church on Wednesday night. Bring them to the switch. Bring them to, if you have younger kids and they haven't been over to the children's ministry, they're missing out. God is changing lives in that little gray church. And it's full of, of little kids from uh, 5 years old up to uh, 10 or 11, 12 years old. And they are learning scripture and they are worshiping the Lord. I want to tell you, sometimes I go over there just to watch them worship because their hands are lifted up and they're going after God with all their heart. If you have kids, get them there. Why? Because it's important for them to be around other students. Other kids who are doing the same thing, going the same way. So the second thing you gain is experience. And the last thing, the last joy of the legacy moment is effectiveness. You begin to see what God has done. You begin to see uh, how God has used you in a powerful way. As my now 17-year-old daughter walked across the stage to play uh, uh, the keyboard, now I'm reminded of when she was eight years old. I'm reminded when she walked into our living room one day and she said, Hey, Mom, Dad, are there a lot of Muslims in Indonesia? <laughs> I'm like, why, why are you asking about Muslims in Indonesia? Amanda jumped on the phone, Google, right? How many Muslims are in Indonesia? Indonesia is the most Muslim uh, there's more Muslims in Indonesia than anywhere else in the world. 
And so when we read that, it's like, um, okay, now this is getting a little serious, all right. Why are you asking about Muslims in Indonesia? Our little eight-year-old daughter said, I was just praying in my room. And she said, I just heard the Lord say Indonesia. I'm like, like audibly? Well, no. She's like, no. She's like, I got a picture of Indonesia. She said, and the Lord said that I was going to be sent to Muslims in Indonesia. And she said, I pictured there was like thousands of kids, little Muslim kids. And she said, I said, were you eight? <laughs> She's like, no, I think I was older. She said, I was just telling them about Jesus. And my heart goes back to that little mamma who prayed for her kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. Because for that little memo, that legacy moment that changed her life, she was intent on causing it to change generations. And so today, here's what I want to end with. It's one thing for us to pray, Lord, save my kids. Lord, fill my kids with the Holy Spirit. Lord, call my kids to do great things for you. It's another thing when he says, okay. And you have to say, they're in your hands. Because I want to tell you, parents, I already said earlier that your Jerusalem is in your living room and their bedroom and your family vacations and the moment you bring them to church. That's your Jerusalem. See, you're called to reach your Jerusalem. Why? Because they're going to the uttermost parts of the world. They're going to the uttermost parts of the world. They're going to Judea. Some of them may just leave the neighborhood, but they're winning souls for the glory of God. Some of your kids are going to go to places you dare not even think about going. They're going to Samaria. And then some are going all over the world. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 and 4. says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be them as their God. Be with them as their God. This is when we're all standing before the Lord. We're standing before the throne. This is what the Lord is talking about and we're beginning to worship Him. The verse 4 says this, He will then 
wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more and neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away now it's interesting and we can shout and we can get excited about that there'll be no more death and there'll be no more pain but I'm drawn to the part where it says we're standing before the Lord and he has to wipe tears out of our eyes And I believe those tears are this. Students, parents, grandparents, people you say, well, I don't have my kids or my kids are gone. Listen, there's people in your neighborhood. Listen, when we stand before the Lord and we, it's the, the, the holiness and the beauty of who he is. I think the tears are coming because we're going to say to ourselves, you know, I could have I done a little more. I could have shared my faith one more time. I could have given a little bit more. Why? Because we don't want anyone to miss out on what we're going to experience. I could have done a little more. You know, there's There's one thing in heaven that we will never be able to do. There's one thing we can't do in heaven that we can do here. We worship here, we'll worship in heaven. We fellowship here, we'll fellowship in heaven. The one thing we can never do once we receive and hear the well done, good and faithful servant, the one thing is we'll never, ever, ever again be able to share our faith to someone who's lost and see them found. I want to tell you, I want to tell you, that's our job, that's our purpose. Doesn't matter what your business is, fireman, doctor, lawyer, trash man, grocery clerk, mechanic, doesn't matter, you're an engineer, your purpose, because all authority has been given from Christ to you to preach the gospel and make disciples. Amen. With every head bowed and every eye closed, nobody moving around in this moment.